we're going to be continuing our, our series in Mark. Today we're going to be in Mark um, chapter 2, starting with verse 23. I believe it's on page 813 on, on the chair Bible in front of you. If, if um, you don't have a Bible with you, you can um, take that out, and we're going to be focused on there. Um, I want to start out with a phrase and see if anyone else has ever said this. I can't wait to get through this week because next week will be so much easier. If I get through this week, boy, I'm going to be able to relax next week. I can't tell you how many times I've said that and how many times I've lied when I said that. So many times, it just seems like in the heat of the moment where I'm at, I'm like, let me just get through this and then I can take a breath. That was me a couple weeks ago where I was like, boy, I just want to get through the end of the school year and then I can just focus on the mission trip. It's kind of like that was the next thing that was going to be happening was get through, get through this, this school year and then finish up and then we're just kind of focus and get ready to, to, to head out for our mission trip. And then I had a niece's wedding um, pop up that we decided to go to down in Indiana this past weekend, last weekend. And then as I was on uh, down there, I get a call and we had a tragedy in our youth group. Some of you might have heard, we had one of our um, kids that was visiting our youth group that um, took his life um, this past week. And so I, had, I, I was dealing with that while I was down in Indiana and then coming back and, and trying to work with the kids and some of the families that, that knew this, this young man. And then coming back from that and my mother out in, in, in Chicago, she went out there for some, some work for her cancer and to get, get a call saying that she's now going to have to stay there two weeks. She thought it was two days. They said that they're going to keep her inpatient for two weeks and that she needs someone to, to be there with her. So Susie and I, as soon as we're done here this weekend, are going to head out there to, to, to be with her to get back so that we can turn around and head out for our mission trip. So two weeks ago when I said I can't wait to get through next week so that I can get a chance to relax, I know God was up there going, <laughs> you think? So like, let me, let me kind of give you a, a hint that that's not going to happen. <clears throat> but we, we think about this because the ironic thing about this is as, and on top of all that, I'm preparing for a sermon somewhere, somewhere in there. So just so you know, that was like about 10 minutes ago that I kind of threw that together. The crazy thing about it is what we're going to be talking about this morning is the Sabbath and getting rest. And I really seriously will stand here right now and say, I feel like a hypocrite even talking about this <laughs> because it is something that when we look at what the Sabbath is, the idea of the Sabbath is to take some time to rest, to cease from what you're doing and to reflect. And we're going to look at some of those things um, today. But when you, when you look at that, it is so hard in our life to do that. We are so busy And we're going to look at kind of how the Pharisees, the religious leaders of Jesus' time, took the Sabbath and they perverted it. They went and they made a lot of regulations. They made a lot of um, laws on top of what God had intended to make it to where it was impossible to observe the Sabbath the way that they had set it up. So God took something good and, and these Pharisees ended up making it something that was a burden. Kind of like if you think about it, the person who invented the cell phone or the internet, they were thinking, boy, this is going to make life so much easier. They're going to be so happy 
Because now they can make calls from wherever. Now they can text as they're driving. This is, this is going to be so much better for everyone. And, and you think about it, when, when they designed that, they were thinking, here's these great things that are going to happen. But then when you look at it, look at the, how it distracts us, not only from driving, but also from our relationships. And a lot of times we just kind of focus on teens and, oh, the teens are always <clears throat> on their phones and stuff like that. Let's be honest. It's not just teens. It's adults. We get together for family gatherings, and we basically stare at our phones. Can we be honest? Don't we do that? We get to the, we don't even talk in the same room. I remember there are so many times I'm taking teens home from an event, and they're sitting in the back seat of the car. They're not talking to each other. They're literally, I'm not kidding, they are texting each other. They're sitting right next to each other, and they're texting. I was like, somehow that is not what I think they designed this. Hey, this is going to be great, because when two people are sitting right next to each other, they can talk to each other by texting. And I think part of it was because they didn't want me to hear what they were saying. So, you know, so, that, so they're smarter than we think sometimes. But it's just the idea that, that this invention was supposed to be something that was going to make our life so much easier. It was going to bring that burden off of us. And it ends up sometimes, a lot of times, being more of a burden. <clears throat> and that's what, when we think about the Sabbath, that's what happened with the Sabbath, is that God made the Sabbath to, for rest. And we ended up, the, the Pharisees, the religious leaders, ended up making it something that was more of a chore. And so that's what we want to kind of study as, as we look at Mark chapter 2. And we think about the Sabbath. When we think of the Sabbath, what day comes to mind when you hear Sabbath? Sunday, right? So in the Jewish, understand that in the Jewish calendar, the Sabbath was Friday night at sundown till Sunday night at sundown. All right, so that was, that was the original Sabbath. And so, so but so, somehow as we go along, we get caught up in, and we get caught up on the day and focus on what day is that going to happen. And we're going to look at that a little bit because I remember for me, my mother was strict on that. We're going to be at church. We, we grew up in Massachusetts and every Sunday we were going to be at church. Well, I had another religion that I followed. It was called baseball. Some of you guys understand any kind of sport. <clears throat> if we're honest, that is a religion. You know the biggest church on Sunday morning in Dubuque? is a soccer complex right down the street. That place is packed every Sunday morning. And we get caught up, and that becomes our religion. It was for me, I was kind of like, man, baseball was, was Sunday. And the coach always said, you be here at noon. If you're late, you don't play. My problem was I had a pastor who liked to talk. And the sermons would go to at least noon. And we lived 10, 15 minutes away um, from, from where the church, well, the, the, the ball games were about 10, 15 minutes away from where the church was. So I wouldn't get there till 12, 15. And I was like, and my mother said, I don't care. This is what we're going to do. I believe this is important, and you're going to go to church, and then we'll go. Luckily, our team was bad enough to where they needed me, and so the coach finally decided, okay, you can, you can be late, and it was just the grace of God. <clears throat> and, but I, I look at that, and I say, that my mother instilled in me that that was something that was important. 
And that was something that she put a high priority on. And I can tell you now, I thank God that she did that. Don't ask me when I was 10 years old, because I didn't really appreciate it at the time. But when we look at it, we think about the Sabbath. It's just the idea of, of taking that time to kind of take a step back and rest. So we're going to be in Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 23. <clears throat> Follow along with me as we read this. One Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields, and as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. <clears throat> the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are you doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, Have you not read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is unlawful, which is lawful only for priests to eat. And he also gave some to his companions. Then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath, to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts and said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians on how they, could, they might kill Jesus. <clears throat> so the Pharisees had set up all of these laws and regulations because God had said, you know what? I want to create a day. Genesis 2, 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So it's not like God, the creator of the universe, says, I'm just worn out. Boy, I just need a break. I've just worn myself out. What God is doing is he's setting that example of saying, look, there comes a point where you need to take a step back. You need to take a step back and rest. If any of you are into anything physical as far as sports or running or stuff like that, you know that there comes a point where you have to give your body a rest so that your muscles can adjust. And if you don't, it doesn't work as well. And, and so physically, we kind of understand that. But spiritually, a lot of times we don't. We don't understand that God has called us to have a spiritual rest as well and to take a step back from all the craziness in our life. So here we've got two examples that Jesus, on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath day, these Pharisees came up and said, here are all the rules, here are all the regulations that you have to do. And they went through and, and they listed all these things that, that you couldn't do, that you had to do. So they made it a burden. They didn't make it a, a day of rest. They made it to where you couldn't rest because you're so focused on making sure that you didn't break any of these laws. Understand, these weren't God's laws. These were the religious leaders' laws that they put into place. And so Jesus comes up. He's walking through the, the field with his disciples. The disciples are hungry. And they see all this grain. And so they just pick up some grain and they start eating it. Now you can imagine that these Pharisees are going around. They're looking for anything they can to get Jesus. They don't like Jesus. They don't like the fact that he says he's God. They don't like the fact that people are following him and not them. 
And so they're going through and they're saying, but we've got to find something against this guy. So they see this, they see the disciples eating and they go up to Jesus and say, look, you know the law. The law says that you can't eat, you can't do any work, you can't harvest on the Sabbath. And it's interesting because Jesus goes right to the Old Testament because you understand that the religious leaders knew the Old Testament. They knew the teachings of the Old Testament. And so they go right to David. Trust me, there wasn't a religious leader there who didn't know who David was. And these people regarded David highly. So Jesus goes, look at your man David. On the Sabbath, when they were hungry, they went into the holy place and they took the food that was meant for the rabbi. They they took the food that was, was not meant for them to eat. And him and his men were hungry and they ate. And Jesus said it was a need that they had and it wasn't wrong. And the, the, the cool thing about this as you look at this is at the end of chapter 2, <clears throat> Jesus says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Jesus is going to those religious leaders and said, I'm the one who created this. And yet you're coming up to me and tell me I'm not doing it right. It seems kind of weird. But these religious leaders didn't like the fact that that Jesus is going to sit there and say that he's above them, that he is God. And so when Jesus comes up and says, I created the Sabbath, I think I understand what we should be doing on it. And he says that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. Right after that, we look at it, and we see that these religious leaders came up and said, man, we're going to find a way to destroy them. They want to kill Jesus to the point where there's two groups of religious leaders during this time, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The Pharisees were the ones that were the teachers, and they were the ones that were basically Jesus would always call the hypocrites because they would tell everyone this is how to live. This is what you're supposed to do. But they would never do it. They were like us as fathers at times. Kids, I want you to do this or not do this. And then as our kids are watching, we do the opposite. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were telling these people, this is how you're supposed to live. This is what you're not supposed to do. But they wouldn't follow those rules. And then you had the Sadducees. And a simple way to kind of know one of the things that the Sadducees believed is they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe there there was anything life after this death. And so that's why people say that's why they were sad, you see. So so you've got these two religious groups. They didn't like each other. But all of a sudden, you ever heard the phrase, the enemy of my enemy is my friend? That started back with Jesus. Because you've got these two enemies that didn't like each other that come together and said, we don't like each other. We don't agree with a lot of things. But one thing we agree on is we don't like this man. So they came together and said, let's destroy him. Let's figure out a way to destroy this Jesus. And, and it all started back here when Jesus confronted them when they were trying to sit there and say, we've got these rules for the, for the Sabbath that you're not following. So the Sabbath, when you think about it, <clears throat> ultimately the Sabbath was a day to cease, a day to stop and to slow down. Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30 says, Come to me, 
all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Jesus is saying the, the Sabbath is, is something that is supposed to make your life easier and, and the burden lighter. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, because the Pharisee's yoke and burden is heavy. You're not going to be able to have any rest on that day because the, they don't want that. They want you to follow all their rules and regulations. So when Jesus comes up and says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light, he's saying, if you follow after me, you're going to understand what true rest is. And I think if we were honest, all of us would sit there and say, I would love to know that. I would love to know what true rest is. Because a lot of times we just don't get that. We're going 100 miles an hour. And, and I always I say that, that we are living in a fast-forward world when Jesus is saying, hit the pause button. Jesus says, go down and hit the pause button, and we accidentally hit the fast-forward button. And we go faster. And we, don't do exact, we, we do the exact opposite of what God has called us to. See, the Pharisees were making it impossible to follow the laws and regulations of the Sabbath. Matthew 23, <clears throat> 1 through 4 says, then, then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. So he's going and he's calling them out, and he's saying, they're saying all the right things. You, you need to follow what they're saying, but don't watch their lives because they're not doing any of it. And so the first thing we look at is it's, it talks about the fact that Sabbath is made for the man, not man for the Sabbath. God gave the Sabbath to us so that we have a chance to kind of slow down and catch our breath in a crazy world. But it ended up being where people went and said, no, you know what? We're supposed to obey the Sabbath. They're saying that we were made for the Sabbath. Like the Sabbath is kind of over us. And Jesus says, that's not the case. That's backwards. That we're over the Sabbath. It was made for us to help us. And the second thing he says is that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. Again, he created the Sabbath. And if someone creates something, they're going to understand how it's best to, to work, how it's supposed to work. So three things I just want us to look at. You've got um, some notes on your, your bulletin there to, to go through. Is What was the Sabbath meant for? And three things, and they all start with R because we know that makes it easier to remember. So... So the first thing is, the Sabbath was made for rest. That's the first one that's obvious that we, we think about that. The Sabbath was made for rest. That we are supposed to take some time to slow down from our crazy life. Elijah was a prophet of God. Elijah had just gone, and he had, in the Old Testament, he had gone and he destroyed all the false prophets of Baal's um, people. And, and all of a sudden, Jezebel the queen comes up, and she says, 
I'm coming to kill you, Elijah, because those are my people. You've just destroyed all my people. Now I'm coming, and I'm going to take your life. So Elijah runs out, and he's, and he's freaking out, and he's scared, and he's taken off. And at this point, he says he feels like I'm the only one left. There is nobody out there who's following after God except me. And he tells that to God. And so he's running, and then we get to it, um, 1 Kings. You can just write this down and, and look at it later. 1 Kings 19. We've got Elijah. He's running. He's, he's so busy trying to run that he's not really listening to what God is trying to say. So we get to 1 Kings chapter 19, starting with verse 9. There is Elijah. There he went into a cave and spent the night. And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, torn down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they're trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah was going through his life the way a lot of us go through our life. A hundred miles an hour as fast as we can because we've got to get to that next week where it's going to be a lot easier. And we know that doesn't happen. And he kept going. And so finally he got to the point where he's like, I'm just exhausted. I can't do this anymore. So God put him in a cave and he said, go out to the mouth of the cave because I'm going to come by. And it says that as he went out, had this powerful wind earthquake and a fire all these things came and it says that God wasn't in that and then there was a gentle whisper and God was in the whisper because the Sabbath is the day for us to hear God whisper because too many times we're waiting for a fire an earthquake or a giant windstorm And sometimes that's the only way God can get our attention because we're going so fast and we're not slowing down. But there are a lot of times when God is whispering and we're not hearing him and we may say the phrase of, God, how come you're not talking to me? God, how come I can't hear you? And if we're truly honest, we have to sit there and say, it's because I'm not truly listening. I'm not taking that Sabbath. I'm not taking that time to slow down and say, God, what is it that you want from my life? I want to encourage us, and this is myself included, to sit there and say, am I taking that time? And we talk about a Sabbath day, and I was talking with the staff as I was preparing for the sermon. I said, maybe we ought to take baby steps and say, let's just go for a Sabbath hour. Let's sit there and say, can I take an hour a week and just kind of pull back and slow down and hear from God? 
Because God is saying, there's a reason I created this. Because he knew our limits. He knew physically, we need rest. He said spiritually, we need rest. If we're not willing to slow down from our busyness of life to hear from God, there are going to be many times we're missing out on his best. Because he's whispering, and he's saying, this is what I want for you. You may have a big decision that you're in the middle of making, whatever that may be. And you may be saying, God, I need your help. And God's saying, I am whispering you the answer. Are you willing to slow down and hear it? Because that's what Elijah had to do. He had to get into a cave. And so I think the only spiritual thing we can do right now is go down to Makokota right now. We're just going to drive down to the caves and we're going to spend a little time getting attacked by bats. But um, to, to find, maybe not our literal cave, but to find our place that we can say, I need some time to slow down from everything that's going on and find my Sabbath. Find that time to get that rest. So we need to hit the pause button. Because I doubt there's more than two or three people in this room that could sit there and say that they don't feel like their life is in fast forward all the time. That's the way we feel. It's just going, and man, I got to just hang on for dear life. We got to find that pause button and say, God, I need to hear from you. And that's not just a one-time thing. God created it to be a regular thing because he knew we needed it. So the first thing is the Sabbath was made for rest. The second thing is for restoration. To restore us, we need to rest, but then also it needs to restore us to strengthen us, to get us back to where we can continue to do what God wants us to do. We've got to be strengthened so that we can do that. Luke 5, 15 and 16 says, Yet the news about Jesus, so Jesus is doing these miracles. He's going around and he's performing these miracles. And people are hearing about this and they are coming from everywhere. I want you to picture this for a second. You've got a son or a daughter or a loved one who's paralyzed. They have never walked. And you hear about this man who all they have to do is touch him. Or he, he doesn't he have to touch him. Just This man will just say the words, and that loved one can, can walk again. Would you not do everything in your power to go find this man and do whatever it takes to, to get your loved one to him? That was what was going on. These people are hearing about what Jesus is doing. Healing the blind, healing the lame. All of this. So these people are coming from everywhere. Everywhere. And Jesus is doing these miracles. And it, goes, and it goes on and says, Yet the news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus, I want you to catch this next phrase, this next word. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Elijah went to his cave and he heard from God. Jesus found his cave, and it says that he did it often. He's God, God, 
he doesn't need to rest as God, but also realize he's human, just like us. And he says, I want you to know that I want to show you that you need rest. And it says that he often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus had to get away from the hustle and the bustle of everything that was going on. And he said, I need to just get away by myself. And you see this throughout the Gospels, where Jesus tells the disciples, hang out here, I'm going to go, and I'm going to be by myself and pray. Because most of his life, he was always around people. He had his 12 disciples that were always around him. But he also had all these other people that were always following him. And there were times when Jesus would get away with his disciples, and they would think, we're by ourselves. But the people found out about it, and they end up on the other side. If they're going on a boat across the lake, the people are already on the other side of the lake waiting for them. So Jesus said, man, I need to get away. I need a Sabbath, because I need to be restored. And it says that he did that often. See, we need our spiritual rest as well as our physical rest. If you ever get to the point where you say, physically, I just can't go any further, and you say, boy, I just, I just need to lay down in the bed and just, and just rest. I don't know why it is, but you guys realize that whenever you go to a furniture store or someplace that has couches and chairs, and you, you sit, it, it's the most comfortable chair you've ever been in in your entire life, isn't it? It's just like, it's like basically you walk through a desert, and you're, you're not eating, you're not drinking. And for three days, you get to the end, and all of a sudden, there's some drink there. It's, who knows, a fruit drink. That is the best drink you've ever had in your entire life, and you buy cases of it, because that's the best thing ever. And the and same thing, when I, when I go to a store or something like that, I'll sit there, and there'll, there'll be a recliner or a couch, or, or God forbid, a bed. And I'll, I'll lay down, and I'm like, we need this. This is so awesome. And it's just because we get to the point where it's just like, and that's especially fathers, guys, you know it's true when you go shopping with your wife. You've got to go to a store that has some kind of chair or recliner or something that you can just sit there and go, meet me back here, honey, when you're done. And just kind of, just make sure there's TVs and stuff too. That'd be kind of cool. But we need that rest. We need that physical rest. And God says, you also need that spiritual rest. You need to be restored and strengthened because God has things that he wants us to do but we can't do it if we don't have that energy to do that so the third thing that the Sabbath is meant for is to refocus we need to get our focus back on God and what he wants for our lives because as we go through a week we can start out strong but then within a day or two all of a sudden we start to lose our focus we start to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of everything that's going on in our life and the busyness of our life. And God says, you need to come back often and get refocused and kind of see, where is it that I'm off track? Because when I'm mowing the lawn, if I, like our, our lawn, we've got a nice long stretch. As, as I'm going, as I'm mowing and i got a point in front of me that I I, I, I keep at, I got a straight line. But sometimes, like in my line of work, working with teens and stuff like that, it's not like every day I go home and go, mission accomplished, I know what I did today. Because 
I have no idea sometimes what I did today. I just had some teens, you know, be knuckleheads, you know, and, and so I'll go home, and I'm like, I don't know if anything happened today, but I can go home, and I can mow a lawn, and I can look and go, oh, I did something, but sometimes what will happen is I get excited, and I try to do that before it's done, so I'm mowing, and all of a sudden, I look back, and then I come back, and I go, ah, and you got to have straight lines. We all know that. You, you know the neighbor who just mows in circles and, you know, like the alien crop circles and stuff in their yard. But i got to have straight lines. And, and a lot of times what happens is that if we don't catch it soon, all of a sudden, you're kind of off. In the same way in our lives spiritually, if we don't catch that soon, if we don't have a Sabbath on a regular basis, all of a sudden our life is going to be way off here when God says, I want you over here. And so when we get refocused on a regular basis, if we have a Sabbath, once a week we say, God, I'm going to take some time and just focus on what you want, we can get refocused and get back on track. So we're not so far off. Because a lot of times that's what happens. When we feel like we're so far from God, and we say, God, where'd you go? Can I tell you from Scripture, God didn't go anywhere? We did. And so the, the more times we get back into God's word, into fellowship together, and spending time listening to him, the easier it is to get back on the track that God wants for us. And also to remember all the things that he's done for us. Because we can go through and we can say, my life is miserable. Man, all this stuff is happening in my life. Man, this is so hard. But we can take a step back and say, but look at all the blessings that God has given me. I can look at my life now. I can sit there and go, God, why is my mother fighting with cancer? Why is it that we don't know how much longer she has? And then I can pull back and say, God, thank you so much that I still have this time with her. That I can sit there and say, thank you, God, that I can still spend that time. And I can look at that and say, that's a blessing that a lot of times I don't see because I'm so focused on all the other stuff. So God wants us to kind of take the time and say, look at the fact that, that there are blessings out there that we don't see. And the ultimate Sabbath, as we close up here, the ultimate Sabbath comes when we rest in Christ alone <clears throat> for our salvation. Because Hebrews 4, 9 and 10, <clears throat> this is what it says. Hebrews 4, 9 and 10. Therefore, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. So we understand the Bible says that we can rest on the fact that God has already provided a way for us to be made right with God. He provided that through Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that that's the ultimate Sabbath, that we can rest knowing that we don't have to work to be good enough for God, that Jesus has already done that. So let me read that again, Hebrews 4. It says, there remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. See, when we realize that we can't do anything to save ourselves but trust in God alone, 
we understand what the true Sabbath is all about. That God came as Jesus to this earth because we had a messed up relationship with him because of our sin. We've messed up. And we put a wall up between us and God because we sinned. And a lot of times we'll make excuses and we'll say other things, but we know in our heart of hearts that it it was us. We made those choices. Then God said, I want to come and I want to fix that. And I want you to rest in what I've done on the cross. Not trying to work your way to be made right with God but just resting completely in what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's how we're made right with God. So as we go throughout this next week, when you think about the Sabbath, understand it's not about a specific day of the week. It's about taking that time to say, God, I truly want to hear from you. I need to hit that pause button often, as Jesus did, so that I can can know what you want to tell me. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much that you provided a pause button in our, in our crazy merry-go-round life that we live. So many times, Lord, we just feel like we're, we're just swinging and our feet are hanging out and, and we're just trying to hold on for dear life. Lord, we know that, that you love us, that you provided the answer to that broken relationship through the cross. And Lord, I do pray for each one of us here, myself included, that you would help us to truly find that Sabbath in you, to know how much you love us. And then as we go throughout this week, that we would realize that you want us to get the rest that we need so that we can do the things that you've called us to do. Lord, I thank you so much for loving us And I just pray that you'll just give us this Sabbath rest that we need this week. In Jesus' name, amen.